podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and as John Rothstein would say, this is March. It is time to start setting the table for K-State's postseason runs. First in Kansas City, next who knows, Uh, but this time next week we will be talking about K-State's return to the NCAA tournament, seeding brackets, and all of that stuff. Before we get there, we have a couple games to talk about. I'll talk about the Big 12 tournament and uh, just everything basketball-wise. I mean, uh, folks, it, it's been a wild run. We have at least two games left. Hopefully, like, ten games left. Or, I guess what? It would be eight games left. Hopefully, eight games left in the season. Uh, but it, it's been a magical regular season. We'll put a bow on that as well, like I said, get, getting everyone ready for the Big 12 tournament. But before we do, we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company, the best brewery in the entire state of Kansas. Not only can you get four packs across the great state, you can go in there and they have like 12 different beers on tap. They're doing collaborations with Rockabelly, with Varsity Donuts, and who knows what next there's always something great going on at manhattan brewing company they got specials just about every damn day of the week and a fully stocked bar for any sort of signature craft cocktails that they are slinging up there as well they got one of the coolest spaces i've been to over a hundred breweries in my life and i'm not kidding when i say the vibes and just the space at manhattan brewing company are some of my favorites So check them out the next time you're in Manhattan. And of course, get them in your favorite local liquor store. And if they don't have it, ask them why the hell not. Let's get into it. There was no uh, show after senior day. I was able to go. So I'm going to touch on that game versus Oklahoma. I'm going to touch on the game at West Virginia. Truthfully, I'm not going to do a massive deep dive into either of those. Um, I'm going to use this more of a reflection on the regular season and a primer for the postseason. So I won't spend a lot of time going deep into those. Um, But but I do want to touch on both games because I, I think that there is something to be taken away from both of them. First and foremost, that senior night... Versus Oklahoma, uh, and, and again, that might be the final time Oklahoma comes to Bramlage Coliseum in basketball ever. I'm glad we put the beat down on them. I'm glad it was like some weird, like I think last year's the only time K-State's lost to Oklahoma and Bramlage like in the last 10 or 12 years or something like that. Um, I'm glad we put that beat down on Oklahoma. I'm glad that after that slow start, I mean, the first 10 minutes were absolute hell. 
They were disgusting. It was bad basketball. But from that moment on, they kind of turned into the Harlem Globetrotters. It, it reminded me a bit of that Radford game where it seemingly, uh, you know, every second or third trip down the court, uh, we were making some sort of Sports Center top 10 plays, whether it's the behind the back passes for threes, behind the leg bounce passes for dunks, all sorts of dunks, all sorts of, uh, you know, Logo threes, you know, Desi Sills on senior day was on one. It was uh, it was one of the most entertaining and fun games I've been to in my entire life. And I think it was special uh, to A, get every single senior on the score sheet, but also the way Jerome Tang handled uh, senior day, uh, especially in a blowout game. Again, it had to be a blowout for him to be able to do this, but, you know, the... Uh, video in the presentation of the seniors beforehand. Jerome Tang making sure each senior got a curtain call at the end of the game by themselves so they can kind of be recognized. The little speeches that they're able to give. The players going up into the student section to Wabash after the game. Honestly, it was the perfect senior night. I want to give a ton of credit to Jerome Tang. Uh, because a lot of that stuff is, you know, at the request and at the, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the right word is, at, at the uh, discretion of the coach. Every single coach does senior night different, and I think making it a big deal and celebrating these guys who have chosen to spend their final year of college basketball at K-State. Again, I think in the new age of college basketball, as I talked about with Jimmy, I think a lot of it is going to be more not, hey, this guy spent four or five years at your school, but he chose to spend his final year at your school. Because, uh, I, I, I mean, it's going to get to the point where 60 70% of guys are not having their senior night at the place they committed to as a freshman. You know, I, I think that's going to be something that happens uh, across all of college basketball. So it, it's not going to be something, oh, hey, I remember the first time he got in in a game in the exhibition versus Emporia State, uh, and now here he is starting on his final game. It's not going to be that, but it's going to be more of a recognition of, hey, this guy only had one year left to play college basketball, and he chose... Uh, to come to the school that I love. So uh, it, it's going to be different, but I think they did it the right way. Um, and again, I, I think we put on a show. That game was K-State at its best. Uh, Desi Sills having a massive game. Marquise Noel distributing the ball. Keontae Johnson being an All-American. Naquan Tomlin staying out of foul trouble and then taking over the game. And again, I think that game is what I think we need to hope to see out of Naquan Tomlin next year. Again, hoping we have a massive run in the NCAA tournament and the and the Big 12 tournament. I'm hoping we have another, like I said, eight games left on this season. But once you start getting ready for the 23-24 basketball season you have to look into what Naquan Tomlin was able to do versus Oklahoma and hope that throughout this offseason he continues to work on his game and really work on his uh, defense and, and just situational awareness so he can stay on the floor so he can be a 30 minute a game player because 
<laughs> I mean, look, if he was able to be on the floor to avoid a lot of foul trouble, if he was able to be a 30 to 32 minute a game player in the in Big 12 play this year, he might not be coming back. He is that good. And hell, I I, I think truthfully, there may be a small chance that Naquan Tomlin just decides, no, I, I'm just going to uh, take my chances uh, and try to start my professional dream next year. He is that good. I hope that's not the case. He is going to be the crown jewel of next year's offense. Um, and, and we saw the potential and really in Oklahoma might be the best team. He's done this first again, bottom of the big 12 team. But I mean, we, we we've seen what Oklahoma is capable of doing. Um, he absolutely destroyed them. And that's the tri- type of player that Naquan Tomlin can be. Um, so again, that'll be something that I keep my eyes on the entire off season. Um, but but again, we have eight we have eight games hopefully left uh, with this team, and we'll worry about that you know in the summer and as we start prepping for twenty three twenty four. Um, because as we transition into the West Virginia game, Naquan Tomlin really wasn't able to get going. He was plagued by foul trouble. He was in and out of the game and was never really able to get into the rhythm. He got the first four points of the game. He ended up only shooting three field goals, ended up with only six points. Again, that's what ta- that's what happens to Naquan when he is in foul trouble. He is not able to get into rhythm. He's not able to find himself into the game. And then he really just kind of shrinks into nothing more than a footnote of the game. Um, Keontae Johnson, again, showed why he is a Naismith uh, Wooden Award finalist. I think Naquan Tomlin is going to be a second or third team All-American. And he he really had himself a game. Was really good in the first half. Didn't really bring it as much in the second half, which is the exact opposite of uh, Marquise Noel. Marquise Noel, again, was plagued by a lot of turnovers, but again, he ended up having eight assists. Granted, seven of them were in the first half, only had one in the second half, had a bucket of steals, uh, went over in the first half, ended up getting over 20 points in the second half. Um, But again, the the reason why we lost, and really the reason why it was an ugly game, because it was, it it was a blowout. We got our asses kicked, uh, was because... We, we could never get Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson going at the same time. Defense was not very good. Uh, you're missing maybe your first or second best uh, defender with Desi Sills, who was at a family funeral. Um, you know, I it, it was a frustrating game. Um, it, it was another game where K-State both led and was uh, led, had a double-digit lead. And a double-digit deficit. Ended up losing by double digits. Um, It was a game where, look, I I think we had the opportunity to put it away. I think we had an opportunity to run away with it. We didn't do it. We didn't have the knockout punch. We didn't break the neck early in the first half. And West Virginia is a good enough team. They're a team who's going to be anywhere, I think, depending on what happens in Kansas City, anywhere between a 7 and 10 seed. And... (laughs) 
you got to feel bad for whatever whatever teams have to face them in the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament. Now, are they going to win those games? I have no idea, but it's going to be a freaking war. Uh, you're going to come out of it, you know, feeling like you just went 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. And, you know, good luck to whoever uh, A has to play them. And B, if you beat them, uh, you know, be prepared uh, to, you know, just, you know, lay in a hydrotherapy chamber bed or whatever until tip-off of that second game because I feel bad for anyone who has to turn around and play a game on one day's rest, probably in some cases less than 24 hours of true rest or less than 48 hours of true rest after playing uh, West Virginia, which is going to be the case in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're a good team. It was their uh, senior night. It was, uh, you know, a game that they felt they needed to cement themselves as being in the tournament versus on the bubble. And and it wasn't meltdown worthy for me. Now, I melted down uh, just as hard as almost anyone after the Oklahoma and Texas Tech losses. You throw in that Texas loss as well. Um, and I get it. It's frustrating. And especially when you look up at the standings and say, look, two of these games go the other way. You're tied uh for a share of the Big 12 tournament, you're getting a trophy, you're raising a banner. I get that. I'm not taking away from some of the frustration uh, because, again, being only two games away um, from having hardware and you have a handful of games, especially versus the bottom three teams in the Big 12, I get it. It's frustrating. Like I said, you guys heard me. I melted down after the Oklahoma in the Texas Tech game and the Texas game just about as hard as anyone. Um, but the West Virginia one, I, I just can't bring myself to do it. You don't have Desi Sills. West Virginia, um, super tough at home. And again, K-State was third in the Big 12 when it came to road wins. Um, as, as much as I hated some of these losses, um, I, I have a hard time being like, well, can't win on the road, we're shit. Like, everything's screwed, it's all over. Uh, because th- there's a, a little bit of that sentiment after the game. Uh, that it, it was actually a little surprising. It, I was a little surprised to see as much of it uh, as we did last night. Um, but it is what it is. Again, fans is short for fanatics for a reason. I was there uh, with three of those losses. Uh, but you also have to keep in mind, uh, and, and shout out to KSU underscore fan Jimmy Goheen who was on last week's Tuesday episode with me, who pointed this out. I think we have four wins where we gave up more than 1.1 points per possession. Again, K-State won a few games that they had no business winning based on what they did on defense. And we won a few games that maybe, you know, we kind of mailed it in on offense on a couple of those games as well that we still found a way to win. I don't think that uh, we are... Like so hard done by luck of the bat bounce of the basketball. I don't think that you know we just completely mailed it in and lost a ton of games that we probably shouldn't have. I think ultimately with how K State played, uh, sitting at eleven and seven in this Big Twelve um, is a fair record. I think third place is a fair spot for us to be in. Would I have liked to us? Liked us to get a share of the Big 12 title, or hell, even win it outright if you say, hey, you win all three of West Virginia, Oklahoma, 
Texas Tech in Texas. I mean, hell yeah. Hell yeah, I would like that. And, I mean, throw Iowa State in there as well. That was another one that we could have won. Uh, but at the same time, you easily could have lost, uh, you know, your two overtime games. Again, uh, we, we just had like an offensive on-pouring, you know, with the Texas and Baylor games. I guess it was three overtime games. Again, I think things worked out about the way they should have. I don't think that we are overly lucky. I don't think we are over overtly unlucky. So I think things ended just about the way they should have. Uh, would I have liked to have that game with Desi Sills? Yes. Does that change it? Maybe. Um, but honestly, I'm, I'm happy he was able to be with his family. A, a tragic death in his family. I'm glad he was able to be there. Uh, to mourn, to grieve, to, you know, be there for his cousin's uh, funeral. Um, I So it, it, that doesn't bother me at all. I don't think it bothers anyone. Um, I, I didn't see a single K-State fan who said anything uh, like that. But um, luckily, it sounds like he's going to be back with the team here soon, getting ready for the Big 12 tournament. And I think that's going to be a massive boost. Uh, now the team has a long amount of rest, and they're going to get ready for uh, the Big 12 tournament. Before I talk about that, um, I, I believe I, I, I'm I'm like 95% positive. I think the awards will come out this week. I, I think Monday or Tuesday. I think it happens before the Big 12 tournament. I think the uh, Big 12, like all conference teams come out. I believe there is a media team and I believe there is a coaches team. Um, so we'll see uh, how much, if any differences are there. Um, I think, and I believe Jerome Tang will win the Big 12 coach of the year. I think he deserves it. Um, I think he's going to be a contender for national coach of the year. Uh, I think both Bill Self and Rodney Terry at Texas, I believe both of them probably will get votes. I I believe both of them deserve consideration. But I think when you see what Jerome Tang did versus expectations, when you see the team that he built, when you see his record versus quad one opponents, when you see he has no bad losses, um, and he the the caliber of schedule he played it was a top 20 schedule even when you take into account how bad of a non-con schedule that k-state had uh him doing what he was able to do with the roster that he had um and, and not only the roster he had but what he built basically from scratch i mean i i just don't i i don't see how you can go uh with anyone else again i understand the arguments for bill self i understand the arguments for Rodney Terry. And then even if you look at the National Coach of the Year, I, I understand arguments for other ones. Uh, but I, I truly believe Jerome Tang is the deserving recipient of Coach of the Year. Uh, I think Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson will be first-team All-Big 12. I believe Keontae Johnson will win Newcomer of the Year. Honestly, that one should not even be close um, I, I think Marquise Noel has an argument to be Big 12 Player of the Year. Um, I don't think he's going to win it. I think Jalen Wilson is going to win it. Um, I, I, I think ultimately winning the toughest 
conference in the history of college basketball um, and being the best player on your team. And honestly, KU doesn't have another first-team All-Big 12 player. They might not have another second-team All-Big 12 player, and they were still able to win it outright. Um, I I see why you would go to Jalen Wilson, uh, one of the league leaders in points and rebounds while doing it. Again, I I think that you could make an argument, and honestly, a a pretty damn good argument, maybe a better argument for Marquise Noel to win Big 12 Player of the Year. Um, Truthfully, I I think he gets hurt a little bit by the fact that he has Keontae Johnson on his team. Um, Keontae Johnson is a nominee, a finalist for the Naismith, uh, you know, Wooden Award, Player of the Year Award. Uh, Marquise Noel isn't, uh, so I, I, I think he he kind of gets hurt by the idea that he's not the most talented player on the team. I would say he's not the best player on K State. I think Keontae Johnson is the best player who wears purple and white. I think Keontae Johnson is the best player in the Big 12, truthfully. Uh, But I think Marquise Noel is the most important. The high usage that Marquise Noel has, basically everything on the team runs through Marquise Noel. Um, I I think that's why uh, he should be the player of the year. It's not most talented. It's not the best player. It is the player of the year. When you take everything that goes with that, I think it should be Marquise Noel. Um, It will be Jalen Wilson, um, but it's not something that I'm going to melt down over, march in the streets, or fight with people on Twitter. Uh, I think Jalen Wilson is deserving of it. I think he's going to get it, uh, but I think it's the wrong decision. Um, Rest of the Big 12 awards, I think Marquise Noel might end up on the all-Big 12 defensive team. Uh, because he leads the league in steals. Truthfully, though, I don't I don't know if he deserves it. I think he was a far better defender last year. Um, but as I talked about with, uh, with with Jimmy last week, his defensive ratings and defensive metric ratings are tough. Um, those are tough, um, a lot tougher than any of the offensive stuff. Ha- has him still as a plus defender, um, but I, I I just think too many times I, I've seen some. Uh, sustained defensive lapses from him. Uh, But I think he might still get on it. I think there's a chance Desi Sills makes an honorable mention team. Um, I think there's a chance Naquan Tomlin might make an honorable mention team. Um, But I think that's how the Big 12 awards will go down with K-State. Now, uh, looking into the Big 12 tournament, um, I'll say this. I, I... I want to make a run in the Big 12 tournament, um, but it got a lot tougher on K-State. K-State made it a lot tougher um, by the fact that they have to play TCU, by the fact that they have to play that 8:30 game. Um, they will have less than 24 hours rest, and it's because they lost to West Virginia. Now, uh, KU slept, sleepwalked. They they didn't even look like they were trying versus Texas because uh, they already had the Big Twelve wrapped up. Um, so they they couldn't help us out. Ironically enough, Iowa State pounding just pounding the piss out of Baylor um, in Waco. Just poof, 
Um, that helped us stay off the 4-5 line. But we have to play TCU for like the millionth time in the Big 12 tournament. And they have Mike Miles back. Um, so it will be interesting to see how the rubber match goes with TCU. Obviously, it would be a Q1 win. Um, and then you get to play um, Texas if you do win that game. And and I would like that rubber match as well. But we sure made it tougher on ourselves not getting um, that that game you know, versus someone who's having to play the night before. I think that is a massive thing. And then again, um, having a few hours less um, rest really does kind of affect things as well. Um, it's not ideal. Um, it depending. I, and again, I the the Big Twelve winning the Big Twelve tournament. We've talked about it. Um, it's not the uh, end of the world. You know, it's it's not the end all be all. It's not, um, but it's something that that I would like to do. It's something that I will be rooting for. It's something that is a lot of fun. You know, it's a fun week down in Kansas City. It's a fun thing down in Power Light. And here's the thing: because we lost to West Virginia uh, in a year where it is so tight between the two seeds and the three seeds, um, I think we need to go on a little bit of a run in Kansas City to set ourselves up to be a two seed. Um, again, who, the, the bracketologists really don't know anything. You know, we, we all uh, consume any sort of bracketology type stuff. Um, at least I know I do. I'm looking at these bracket matrix. I'm looking at CBS, ESPN, multiple times today trying to diagnose, digest, and get takeaways from these brackets. Um, so, but, but ultimately they don't know, you know, they, 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 they don't know what's going on. And, uh, it's been, you know, over a month since we got our snapshot that had K state as a three seed, uh, by the actual committee. I would be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked if we're anything but a three seed, um, I was pretty damn convinced we were a contender for a two seed, um, but there's only a handful of folks, and Jerry Palm is the only kind of mainstream guy outside of a handful of blogs that have K-State as a two seed right now because we have fallen uh, from the number seven team to the number 10 team on Joe Lenardi's uh, SC bracketology as well. So it will be interesting uh, to see where things land, you know, a, a week from now. I, I'm recording this at 1:21 on the fifth. So this time next week, you know, we're all gonna be buckled up. We're all gonna be sitting. We're all gonna be waiting uh, to see what that draw looks like. Um, where, where's Case gonna play in those first two rounds? A lot of talk about Des Moines. Um, I think Marquette going on a run. I think. They could end up in Des Moines in front of us. I thought maybe they would be sent out to Columbus. I haven't done a deep enough dive into their geography because I was thinking Marquette was set on being a three seed. Um, But that might not be the case. Uh, Do we end up in Denver? Um, Folks, there's a chance we may not end up in either one of them if Gonzaga gets in front of us. Everything, and this is a fun thing to be worrying about. Again, uh, it's been a while. 
again, the last three years, granted only two tournaments, but the three last years, uh, this hasn't been something that we've had to talk about, you know? At this point, it's kind of been, okay, you have to win the Big 12 or nothing. You know, not even on the bubble. It's been a long time since you've got to sit back and try to diagnose seating, location, and all that type of stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And that's going to be the first thing that I'm looking for. You know, this is the last real big show Um talking about basketball because we're going to be talking about football tomorrow and then we'll have the live show um, before we have the selection. Uh, And and really it's going to be, you know, are you a two or a three seed? Are you able to play in Des Moines or Denver? And then who were you playing? Uh, I've seen a lot of projections that have us matched up with Creighton. I would not like that, especially if it's in Des Moines with that only being a two-hour drive from Omaha. I think Creighton is a very talented team. I've seen a lot of Iowa. Iowa does not scare me nearly as much. Um, oddly enough, I've, I've seen us matched up with uh, our our friends, you know, from the University of California system, kind of a repeat of uh, the last time we were in the NCAA tournament. I've seen some potential matchups with Wisconsin in the second round. Um, I've seen one with Purdue, would hate Purdue. That was one where we have fallen to a three, them to a two, would not like that. Um, But ultimately, I think in in the new age of college, actually that would have been a Sweet 16 matchup, not a second round matchup. Uh, But I think where uh, college basketball is gone, I, I think that college basketball with the transfer portal, I think there's more parity college basketball than there's ever been. I don't think anyone is going to just be gifted some magical easy ride to the Elite Eight, and it definitely will not be us. Uh, so anything that we see, uh, you know, six days from the time you're listening to it, uh, anything can happen. I'm just super happy that we are back in this and I think it's going to be an absolute blast getting ready for the NCAA tournament. I think it's an absolute blast to be trying to look at different hotels and possible locations and tickets uh, for different opening sites. You know, daydreaming about, you know, ending up, you know, in the Sweet 16 in Madison Square Garden or, you know, right down the road in Kansas City. This is a lot of fun and so much credit needs to go to Jerome Tang and these players Uh, who have gotten us back to this position. You know, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, it's fun to have these nerves. It's fun to have this anxiety and this buildup of emotions just getting ready for uh, the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. Don't get me wrong. uh, I love college football as my number one sport, but there's nothing quite like this run-in. The back end of February getting into March when you know your team is going to be dancing and having a seed and putting themselves in position where they should be in the second weekend. You know, uh, I I think it is fair, and I've had this conversation a few times, and again, we haven't even seen the bracket yet. We haven't seen the bracket yet, uh, and I I think it is a uh, fruitless conversation to, to have any sort of absolutes or declaratory uh, statements where you put in cement and all that type of stuff. Uh, But I'm going to do it anyways. 
we're putting ourselves in a position where anything less than making the second weekend will probably be a disappointment. You know, if you find yourself as a four seed or better, you always want to play to your seed. You know, and I have a hard time thinking we're going to fall even to a four, let alone a five seed. We're going to be put in a situation where it would be an upset for us not to make the second weekend. And guys, it feels great. It feels great. And that's why this regular season, and again, basketball more than college basketball, more than like any sport except for at least. uh, Yeah, I I think college basketball more than any sport except for maybe the NFL, except for the NFL, college basketball is based almost exclusively on the postseason and maybe even more than the NFL. You know, maybe it's closer, maybe it's closer to the NBA. I don't know, but I I think there's a very real argument that the postseason in college basketball matters more than any other sport, any other sport. Uh, and that's the case, and I'm not going to tell you guys not to, uh, not to think that. I, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you guys what to value or not. But I hope that K State fans are not lost on what an epic and great regular season that we just had. You know, I, I think you could make an argument that this was one of the. I mean, in my lifetime, this is a top five top six regular season basketball in my life. You know, in the course of K-State basketball history, this is probably a top 20 regular season of all time. You know, I think this is one of the best non-conference championship seasons of all time. Again, I that probably means it's not top 20. I, I forget how many conference championships we have. Um, but this is probably... Right up there, you know, with uh, a handful of other seasons that we didn't win the conference. Um, when you're talking about quality, when you're talking about entertainment value, and I hope that's not lost. There was a thread on K State Online talking about what grade would you give this regular season, and there were a few people who were like, "Oh, you know, if you're going just based on." preseason A+, plus, of course, but then tried to justify things by giving a grade other than an A. Some folks trying to say a B. You know, some folks trying to even... There was, I think, someone who maybe said C+, plus because of how bad we were on the road. I don't know. I, I just... I, I don't see how anyone could sit back, even knowing what we know now, and not saying that this was an A regular season. Maybe not an A+. Plus, Maybe knowing what we know, knowing how great Keontae Johnson was, having the full realization of what Marquise Noel has become, I could maybe listen to an argument of saying, oh, it's an A or an A minus. I get that, whatever, fine. I could listen to that argument. But anyone who's sitting here saying, oh, knowing what we know now, it's a B? No. No. We're the only team outside of Texas who's won in the Moody Center. You know, we, we put a beat down on Baylor. We split with KU. 
Uh, we didn't get swept by any team in the Big 12. Um, truthfully, this was a a season, and I'm hoping we can keep this going in the Big 12 uh, tournament in the Big Dance. Make it to the conference championship game and then see what happens. Make it to the second weekend and then let's see what happens. I think this team has the potential to put us in situations where we can say, all right, let's see what happens to see if we can put, you know, a new banner up in Bramlage Coliseum. Bring a new trophy to the ice training facility. You know, I think this team and I think this coaching staff is fully capable of it. And folks, you know, postseason is here. You know, every game from here on out is do or die. You know, we either have, we have somewhere between two and eight games left in this magical basketball season. Now I know, uh, you know, I know baseball's still going on and I know there's track and field and all that type of stuff. Uh, baseball doesn't seem to like they're going to be doing um, enough that's going to make me talk about them on a weekly basis. Um, I've never talked much about track and field or anything like that. Um, so truthfully, in kind of our regular season with this podcast, we either have two or anywhere between two and eight games, two and seven games, um, you know, left to talk about. Um, the off season is fastly, just grossly almost upon us. And every game from here on out needs to be treated uh, you know, like the, this gift from the sports gods like it is. So I can't wait. There's something about tournament play that just kind of gets your blood going. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be in the arena when K-State plays TCU. Uh, it's like the matchup for, you know, the Big 12 tournament. I feel like it's been played, you know, since TCU's come to the tournament or, or into the conference. I feel like it's been played, you know, more than any other matchup. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. If you see me at T-Mobile, Power and Light, come say hi. Uh, but really, huh, it's March, folks. I'm stressed. I'm excited. I can't wait. I hope you guys are too. Uh, but that's all we have. Uh, tomorrow, I believe I will be joined by Drew Galloway of K-State Online. We're going to talk a little bit about K-State football. It's going to be a little bit of a spring football primer uh, we will have the live show on Wednesday. It will publish on Thursday. So if you want to talk K-State basketball, getting ready for the Big 12 tournament, please join us Wednesday night, Wednesday night, uh, to talk K-State basketball. So for Chauncey Bosco, my good boy, the, uh, you know, namesake, uh, you know, named after Bosco the dog, the original mascot of K-State. For all the boneheads and for everyone who is a K-State Wildcat, we love you guys and go Cats. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, Wildcat in spirit, Wildcat in fight. to see onward forever hail victory bottom 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 fight you can stay wildcast for all my mother fight
Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. You can't save wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the Podcast Network.